This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hello. I'm Brandon Perna, host of That's Good Sports, a 10-minute-ish daily NFL comedy podcast. Have you ever wished for a crappy version of The Daily Show, but only about the NFL? Then, first and foremost, I implore you to dream much bigger. Secondly, I would recommend subscribing to That's Good Sports. Every weekday, I will be giving you NFL news, telling questionable jokes, and swearing just enough so you won't ever be able to listen with your kids in the room or car. I don't ask for a lot, but if you don't subscribe on iTunes, my wife said she will leave me. Thanks, and I look forward to putting my voice in your ear holes. Hail cheers and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I've been trying to explain to you how Game Week 6 for me, tell me if you get this, Game Week 6 for me was like Arsenal versus Aston Villa. I'm Arsenal. I had a, I got a green arrow in Game Week 6. I won. I did relatively, I did decently, but somehow Mm -hmm. it still feels like this Game Week exposed so many flaws in my FPL team. So, right. uh, and, and that's kind of where we are in the season, I think. And that's what we're going to yeah. talk about uh, in the bulk of the show is, is what are we even sure of at this point <laughs> of the season? Uh, yeah. I think what we're sure of is Kevin De Bruyne is, is one of the sexiest FPL picks going right now. Would you agree with that one? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm with you on that one. I, and I'm with you on the... I don't know what to think. Uh, it was it was a crazy game week. I mean, it was the the experience of watching this game week. And I agree with you. I mean, I feel like I have the same thoughts about my team. I had a good game week as well. I finished on seventy three points. I, I cut my overall rank in half, uh, a little more than half actually. Uh, and I look at my team and I think I need to move about five of these players. You know, <laughs> just like mm-hmm. right off the bat, yeah. I've, I've got a, a bunch of them have to go. I have three Man City players. I don't know. If any combination of these three is the right three to have, it feels like there's so many, so many questions still, to, still to you know. We talked about this a little bit on last week's podcast, but it feels very true still. There's a lot of unresolved questions. Mane versus Salah feels unresolved. Like so many, so many things still hanging in the air. 
Right. Definitely. Yeah. So for me, um, we were talking about how it's kind of crazy. This is my first green arrow of the season. So game week one, I had a pretty good game week, 98 points. And uh, you don't get an arrow in game week one because you just are where you are. Followed by four red arrows. So, yep, slotted in there. So game week six is actually my first green arrow of the season. It's hard not to feel good about that, but um, I've only risen as high as 1.9 million overall. So it, it it's hard it's hard to imagine that this is a positive place to be, but it is right because, like you were yep. saying, you cut your rank in half. I rose 600,000 spots, even though I'm still so far from happy with where my team is right now. This is this is a starting point of something. I have to build from here. I have to accept the fact that. I'm not going to totally turn the season around overnight. Uh, Brent, I just going to say I have a little I have a little game for us here, okay? Uh okay. so we both I, I am uh so yeah, I I'm not where I want to be right now either. I'm at 534,000 overall. Did have my rank. I feel feel good about that. I think you and I should both set a goal and we'll like update it on the podcast, okay? So where do we want to be after game week 10? Okay, that's what okay. seven, eight. That's four, four game weeks from now. What is a reasonable expectation based on where you are and where you want to be in four game weeks? Can you, like, can you set a small goal for yourself? Uh, in four game weeks, uh, this is a good question because when you're up around two million, you can you, your rank can just really swing wildly. So, yep. I'm trying to gauge like how much is too much. In four game weeks, I feel like I want to be better than 400K overall in the world. Okay. So your goal is 399,999 overall. Got it. Yes. Okay. So that is, we'll update this over the next four weeks on the podcast. I am 534. 534. So my goal is I want to get in the top 150K. In four weeks. Okay. So 149,999 is my goal for the, for mm-hmm. four game weeks from now. I think that's, I think that's doable. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it feels like the, the it's still early enough. Things are swingy enough. I think that can be done. So that is, that is like the, the number I'm going to, I'm going to write it down on a sheet of lined paper here, which I don't actually have. I'm just going to pretend yeah. to do right as I talk to you. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, let's see if we can do it. I think, but this is, this is the whole point is like, you have to, you can't sit there, you know, it's, it's like, it's like when you're losing money at the casino or something, you know, like you can't just, you don't want to just walk over to the roulette wheel and, and just bet it all on red and try to win it all back in a second. You know, I mean, you can yeah. do that, but of course it can end disastrously. And it's kind of like having a, a wild card where it's all low owned players, you know, it's like, maybe it works, but most likely it won't, you know? And so you just yeah. have to kind of set your, set your goals, set your targets, keep meeting them. And then suddenly it's game week 20 and you're in the top 100 K hopefully. Yeah. All right. Let's quickly talk about our teams real quick, how we did in game week six. I made no transfers. So now I've got two in the bank. And Mm -hmm. uh, my biggest folly was um, putting Cantwell at the last moment first on my bench and Lundstrom second on my bench. So Cantwell came in for Sterling. Lundstrom with his 12 points remains on my bench. And it was all about the Aguero captaincy. I'm feeling very, very emboldened when Aguero puts that penalty in. But you see that final scoreline of 8-0, and Aguero walks away with just a goal and an assist. Um, 
pretty gutting, I had to say, because not gutting, um, not because like, I don't want to be too negative about it. Uh, because if you get a goal and an assist from your captain, that's great. You're blessed. Um, right. but if it's an eight nil victory and you Aguero is, I think fundamentally kind of a differential for a lot of people who are listening right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was an opportunity for me to really make strides. Uh, that was an opportunity for me to hit that 399 and yeah. 999 overall rank in one. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, to see it from your perspective, I, I can I can hear I can understand what you're saying because you want it to be like that Sala at home to Watford two seasons ago, or whatever, right? You're thinking you're going to get 25 goals out of your or 25 points out of your captain. You know, you're going to get like a 50 point yeah. haul from him and just leapfrog everybody. And so. I, I can I can see that perspective. I mean, at least you, you had De Bruyne too. So in the end, even if you captain yeah. De Bruyne, it's only an eight point difference. Uh, you know, not 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 too massive. I think this was when the uh, the economy was really pumping. Josh, it's very much like a like a late eighties sort of a thing. You'd be on a, a game show, and somebody would be mm-hmm. in like this plexiglass coffin, uh, and in the in the plexiglass case it was just dollar bills flying everywhere and so you had (laughs) like 30 seconds to grab as many dollar bills as you could that was like what that man city game was for fpl managers it was goals (laughs) flying in it was up to you to just like grab as many uh fpl points as you possibly could before the final whistle and yeah de bruyne was really the maestro of of this game he was grabbing dollar (laughs) bills here and there and right um, at the very end it was like he lined it up. He was like, "I'm getting this one." Like I'm, I'm. He saw yeah. some hundred dollar bill at the top or something. He was like, "I'm getting that." Yeah, one right exactly. There. <laughs> yeah. So uh, McGinn was my my Sunday hero. So thanks, John, uh, for paying me back for sticking with you all this time. You remain a deeply unsexy FPL pick, but uh, but I'll I'll stick with you uh, for the near term. So sixty three uh, yeah. points, uh, uh, not too shabby. Green Arrow. How about you, Josh? How'd your game week fare? Yeah, seventy three points. Really top heavy team. It was uh, Matt Ryan, Kevin De Bruyne, who I captained, and uh, Lundstrom, and I, that was basically it. Outside of a solid assist, that was it. Uh, the the big at the back, strong defense is a massive failure again. Uh, I think that Lundstrom is now the top rated defender in the game. Followed maybe maybe Trent is now he he might be in second. I'm not gonna I'm not, I don't want to pull up the stats as I'm talking here, but I think he's I think that Lundstrom is still first, and then maybe Vestergaard is second. Trent is third. So, uh, you know, two of one of those players is seven million. The other two are uh, five million, and I I don't even know what Lundstrom is now. Four point three or something. Started out at four million though. So clearly the, the you know and then once again you see goals from. Uh, from Aubameyang, um, Tammy Abraham looked very threatening. Callum Wilson scores again. And I have a non-plane 4.5 million forward. And you know, it's hard not to feel like, okay, like some things have to, some things have to change. You know, I feel like I've got, I'm still having to work on taking some money out of the defense, putting that into the attack. I have two transfers as well. I didn't burn a transfer this week. So there's a lot to think about. I'm feeling positive right now. But I also feel like I'm not quite sure what the best move is. You know, there's this I, I want to move money up front, but I also kind of want to move Van Dyke to Trent, you know, which uh, is especially with Sheffield next. It feels very tempting. Yeah, for sure. Sheffield is God, I could talk. I feel like I don't know. Still don't know anything about Sheffield United, but we could still talk yep. about them this entire podcast because <laughs> yeah. they're top of the table. God knows how. 
They seem like a really stout team. But not boring, surprisingly. Yeah. I, like they're kind of easy to root for in a way. Listen, I'm rooting for them every day, Josh. <laughs> uh, I still actually, you remind me, is, uh, I usually I have to follow all of the uh, new Premier League teams on Instagram when they get promoted. I'm not, up, I'm not as up on my Sheffield United as I ought to be because I just don't follow them on Instagram. I got to see how they train. And then you can do bib theory. You can say, oh, he's got the he's got the bib on this week. He's not going to be starting, you know, start, start to start to do some some bib analysis. FIFA 20 promotional event theory is the new bib theory. There was this whole theory going around that oh, Trent isn't at the game. He's actually at a FIFA event right now. Or I don't know what that theory was about, but. Uh, the internet will lie. Uh, yeah. And certainly play, te- teams' Instagrams will lie to you. Fantasy Twitter, unfortunately, is about 50% trolls at this point. It used to be <laughs> yeah. uh, it was, the trolls took up about 0.001% a couple of years ago. And now it's about 50-50 where every, every yeah. legit account is, is, is matched by a troll account. Uh, it's uh, Yeah, it's kind of hard to follow all this stuff. But – uh, yeah, yeah, that's why you want to join the Slack, Brandon. I'm not even. This is an early Slack pitch, but uh, I'm going to do it right now, Brandon. I'm just going to do it before we do the uh, always Jump League. in there, buddy. Yeah, we had we had a great time. We met two new patrons this week. Uh, I know Slack is a it's a respectful place to be. It's also a great place for conversation. A lot of strategy going on there. There's an Ask Josh and Brandon section where we will answer anything from fantasy advice to. Uh, I don't even know the rank. Well, rank, we ranked the star Wars movies recently. We do all kinds of different stuff in there. So, uh, go to patreoncom slash always cheating to join the more than 500 managers who are, uh, supporting the podcast every week. We have a bunch of new managers this week that we're going to thank, uh, closer to the end of the pod. Uh, but thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. It is genuinely appreciated and really helps us, um, get, I was going to say get out of bed to do the podcast, but it's more like not go to bed yet, right? Because we normally <laughs> we normally record <laughs> yes. this uh, late in the evening. So you keep us from going yeah. to bed and we thank you for that. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget that extra episode that you get as a Patreon supporter every week before the game week deadline. That is uh, wonderful and ad-free. All right, let's jump into the always cheating Super League top 10. Some movement here on the table and uh, – Man, it's never too late to join the Super League. We're now more than 11,000 managers in the Super League, which is incredible. So um, this is a steamed company. Starting in 10th place, we have uh, Asan Ali. Then it's Gavin Welsh, followed by Dimitri Kabatiski. In 7th place, it's Steven Stannard. Then uh, Respect Wadinho, which I am a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan. I hope that's a... Uh, a nod to respecting the wood and using a coaster. Respect Wood Woodinho. In fifth fifth place, it's El Magic Ahmed Saliem. In fourth, it's Christopher Marshall. Third place, Oyvind Bunes Boons. Second place, Bradley Perry. And in first, it's Owen Hogan with four hundred and forty-five points. Josh, where does Owen rank overall in the world? He must be way up there. He ranks fifth overall in the world right now. Blimey. So a massive, massive congratulations to Owen. Uh, and uh, Owen, we're, we're pulling for you. Win this whole thing. I mean, if I can't win it myself, I want you to win it and then Brandon. That's my rank. Me, <laughs> Owen, Brandon. That's the top That's the top three. All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break and we'll get into uh, the main topic for this podcast. It's an interesting one. I look forward to talking about it. There's my teaser. Ooh. 
All right, Brandon, we're back. And the topic for this game week is, are we sure? We're going to answer a bunch of different questions. Uh, and the question will be, are we sure X? Okay. Mm-hmm. So okay. Um, if that doesn't make any sense, let's read off the first one and you can understand where we're going with this one. The first question is, Learn by doing. are we sure? <laughs> Learn by doing, exactly. Uh, it's like Highlights Magazine, Brandon. You got to get right in there, you know, start finding which one <laughs> yes. is not like the other. <laughs> Great show. <laughs> Uh, are we sure is the first question that we know what to do with Manchester city and their fantasy assets? Oh, I mean, this is a pretty easy one in that we are not sure. And we're not sure (laughs) because, okay, now, now it's your opportunity to tell me if I'm doing it right. I believe we're not Mm -hmm. sure probably because there are too many interesting, I will use the word, uh, I will purposely use the word interesting assets mm-hmm. to choose from with man city yes and they all have their pros and their cons right like aguero has a pro in that he scores a lot of goals his con is that he has this lingering th- theoretical rotation threat and he's very expensive for our forward right. line then you've got yeah. sterling where he's his pro is that he also scores goals but he's also very expensive and he's in a bit of a dry spell Right. De Bruyne does, yep. doesn't really have any cons. Uh, uh, am I am I stepping yeah. on a bunch of questions that we have? No, I no. I think it's I think it's useful to to introduce all these uh, ideas. I mean, the, the, the con with De Bruyne, I suppose, would be that he doesn't score a ton of goals, um, mm-hmm. and that there are a lot of players who do score goals in Man City. And so, if your budget is stretched, you may want to have the goal scorers. Um, if it was a normal team, he would of course be essential. But because you could only have three Man City players. There's an argument for not having him, I suppose. The argument was stronger before this game week. I think after this game week, it's kind of hard to argue against having him in your team. Uh, the first question comes from FPL Strategic. It's kind of along the lines of what you were just saying. He says, uh, is it possible to know less about a team six weeks in? What do we know about Man City? Aguero and Sterling look great. Katie B looks great. Mars and David Silva, and even Bernardo Silva, like a hat trick player that no one's talking about, uh, look 75% great, 25% one point. The defense looks solid. Mm, I would disagree with him a little bit on that one. But who is playing? Uh, will they have attacking threat? Who to own? Um, and I'll just have another one here from FPLN. It says, would you stick with Triple City? And if not, who makes way? I think the the second one is easy to answer. I think Triple City is, I mean, they just scored eight goals, you know, in a match. Uh, it's it's pretty hard not to, not to want to have as many of their players as possible. But if you were just, I, I know you just wildcarded, but if you were to wildcard again, would you wildcard in the same three Man City players or would you, you know, would you think about having Otamendi or David Silva? You know, what's your, what's your take on the, th- the best three to have? Yeah, I think that um, I would still be able to make a pretty strong case to go with the power three of Sterling, De Bruyne and Aguero. It's really expensive. And if you do that, you're likely going to have to go without Liverpool midfielders maybe you can squeeze in right. Firmino up front and that's a huge risk and I don't know if I can full-throatedly recommend it to everyone else because Liverpool still look great so the gamble that you're taking there is that Liverpool are coming up against some tough fixtures but of course Liverpool is is right now at the moment the best team in the league so it's a huge gamble so if I wild card do I do it again do I spend that much money um I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't be spending this much money. I should probably only have two of those three uh, because I do want Liverpool coverage. 
Um, yeah. But I, I think more broadly, uh, what we always knew about Manchester City is that they do score a lot of goals. And when you score this many goals, the points get spread around. And that's where right. David Silva and Bernardo Silva and Mares come into focus. And I think as FPL managers, it's easy to have have a player like Bernardo Silva catch your eye and say, mm, hat trick, you look very, you look very tasty this weekend. Um, but the, the fact is, is we don't have a ton of free transfers week to week. You want to bring in these players yep. from these teams and just ride them through the season. So that's why you keep gravitating toward Sterling and Aguero and probably De Bruyne because they are the most consistent. And yeah, yeah you, like Aguero this weekend, where they, while there were eight goals, Aguero didn't come out with a bulk of, of the points. Over the long haul, he has a better chance of doing that than somebody like Bernardo Silva. So if you go for the yeah. budget pick on a team for like City, I think it's, it is as much of a risk as just spending too much money on City. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. And uh, I was thinking about that as you were talking and, and whether I fully agreed or not. I, I I guess my feeling is, you know, we've now seen two game weeks in a row where one of those three just didn't play. You know, I, I guess De Bruyne did come on for a few minutes in the, in the Norwich match, you know, 25 minutes or something like that. But it, there is, I guess, a risk that you're going to have how many times – how you know how frequently are you going to have those three all start? And if it's not all the time, do you want to have the safety of a of a Mosala who is much more locked into that team every single week, no matter what? Uh, or even even maybe like someone like Firmino. I, I I don't really know. You know, like somebody who somebody from Liverpool, basically. Um, and and then I think if I was on a wild card right now, I would be picking between one of Aguero and Sterling. Um, and I would just kind of take the hit from not having one of those two. Uh, the way I'm doing right now, actually, without having Aguero, um, I don't feel good about it, but I do prefer the Sterling De Bruyne Salah combo that I have right now. Uh, but I don't know. So, you know, I think Otamendi is really tempting, though, too, at 5.4 million. It's kind of locked in. Uh, I thought he looked pretty surprisingly attacked. Maybe it was because they were playing Watford at home. I don't know. But um, we do need to point out the fact that Watford were abysmal. Watford were so dreadful. And they gave up within 30 seconds of that match. So I that's true. I guess that is one of the caveats here. I mean, Otamendi, while he looked very attacking, he um, totally bit on uh, uh, De La Feu and almost gave up a goal. So there are still true. some question marks with that defense. For sure. For sure. It's, it's really tricky. You know, let's, let's let's answer a couple more questions, Brandon, and see if it'll help us uh, uh, resolve this yeah. debate. Let's do it. Kuhn Karam says, with the phenomenal performance of Mares and Bernardo, does Pep dare to keep this lineup? Is Sterling going to be the new Sané? Oh, that's like <laughs> a knife in my heart. <laughs> is Sterling the new Sané? That is yeah, tough. Say it ain't I mean, so. <laughs> yeah, Mares did look great. That's for sure. I, if you were just if you just had to straight up pick between Sterling and Aguero right now, you only, you could only have one. Would you? Mm-hmm. Who would you pick? I think I would go Sterling. I do feel like, as you were saying, they're all going to get rested, and right. Raheem Sterling has been playing nonstop, and he played nonstop through the international break too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Two qualifying matches for England, and he needed a rest, particularly True. with the Champions League ca- campaign up and running. I feel yep. 
quite confident that Sterling's back and he won't be going anywhere. We know Pep loves him. Sterling is one of the talisman in, in this team. So I, I like him. And I think the rest was the rest. It was what it was. And Akun, yeah, Kun Karam, they looked fantastic. But again, it was Watford and Pep just is spoiled for choice. There are so many options. I think the decision he's yep. going to have to make week for week to week is not do I play Sterling or not. It's who gets to play. Is it is it Bernardo Silva or is it Mares? Does Gundogan get to play this yeah. week? The peripheral, they're not quite peripheral players, but those players beneath the class that is Raheem Sterling are the ones that are going to be on the bubble every week. I think that's I think that's a good point because you can't look at this stuff in a vacuum. Like we do live in a world where De Bruyne was just rested and then Sterling was just rested. So that maybe makes them a little less inclined to be rested moving forward. And Sterling played the full 90 the first five game weeks of the season. Yeah. And uh looked and looked great. I mean, he scored five goals in the first three games. So maybe he did need a rest. Maybe he just needed a match off, you know, just to yeah. just to retry. We played the full ninety on Wednesday as well. Uh wait wait, you know, to Shakhtar Donetsk. So yeah. and if um, you're Pep, I, I, mean, I have we, no idea how to say that second word, by the way. Shakhtar Donetsk. 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 Yeah, I, th- I think you've got that's it. It's a tricky one. Yeah. And if you're Pep, you look at Watford, they're the whipping boys of the league right now. You say yeah. I can kind of roll with a different lineup here. If I so choose, we will get the three points. It's not, we're playing at home. Uh, I think he could choose to do that. So the Sterling rotation doesn't concern me in the slightest bit. All right. Well, we had a bunch of more questions about Sterling, but I think we've, I think we've answered them. There is a question from Stein G says, would you consider Sterling a season keeper? I'm not willing to go that far. Are you willing to say season keeper, Brandon? No, I mean, one, one rest, as we're saying, doesn't cause concern, but you have to keep a watchful eye on a player who's $12.5 million. That's just a lot of right. money, and you have to be sure that you're getting what you pay for. And you, yeah. have to, you, you have to be willing to take one or two blanks on the chin and not give up on a player mm-hmm. that quickly. But for if, sure, if the dry spell continues, if, say, we see another rotation in the next three weeks or so, then... Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, you definitely consider moving him and seeing what happens. Agreed. Yeah, you, you remove that hat trick away to West Ham, and you're looking at a player who costs twelve point two million and has two goals in his last five, uh, no assists. So, uh, no assists on the season, which is kind of surprising. He had fifteen last season, seventeen the se- season before that, and fourteen before that. Uh, you go back two more years, he had ten assists the season before that too. So he's it's a player who virtually averages double digit assists or more I, I would expect those to to climb up i know he's sh- it feels like he's i actually haven't looked at the stats but it feels like he's shooting a little more this season uh and maybe he was playing i don't know he was setting people up a little more last year maybe it's maybe it's just a, a too small of a sample size and that he'll i i, I imagine that, that assist number will start to climb over the next few game weeks yeah definitely um Why did i didn't I really ask you a start- question there so <laughs> That's that. That's fine. I was I, actually I was just lost in looking at uh, Raheem's profile. And why did I think that he started at twelve point five? Why did I think he was the same price as Mo Salah? Of course he wasn't, but uh, he's up to twelve point two. So yeah. I get the reason I was looking because I was you know thinking about this. You can't help but start to tinker with your own FPL team. And I was like, well, is my way out of this just to turn Sterling into Mo Salah so I can cover myself uh, on that Liverpool team, but can't do it. Not right. yet. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Sadio Mane would only be the way there. 
Uh, all right, let's move on to the next question, Brandon. Uh, next question is, do we know who the best forwards are? It's a big one. Are we sure? Let's, uh, let's get it. Yeah, are we <laughs> sure? Are we sure we know who the best forwards are? I'll start off with a question here. It comes from uh, Aditya. It says, which strikers, if any, are a must-have in an FPL team right now at any price point? Right now, I'm on Barnes, Allaire, and Pookie, but I'm not entirely convinced with any of these. Not even Pookie, mm-hmm. Aditya, come on. Abraham, Firmino, Vardy, Aubameyang <laughs> all seem to be better options if I can manage to get them in. So, yeah, it's a big one. And uh, I'll just I'll add one more from AJ Harris. Says, Who's the most droppable uh, from Barnes, Pookie, and Allaire? I'm looking to bring in Callum Wilson or Vardy for one of them. So this 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 Barnes, Pookie, Allaire, if we can call it a template. A, a, many people had it, I suppose, for it's a while. Popular. Many people in the... It was popular in that in the FPL nerd community. That's what I'll call it. Uh, and it's like it, it hasn't worked, I guess, for two weeks. Well, for just for one week, really. Um, but it was unconvincing. Uh, so, I mean, certainly, you know, Barnes, we thought he would come back to earth a little bit. Alaire worries me a little bit. Are you are you a little worried about Alaire as well? I am a little worried about Alaire, and I think it's mostly the price point. Um, I He mm-hmm. is one of those players, even though I guess like um, – comparatively he's not expensive but uh i I just feel like i want a little there is a premium for him at 7.5 i want to see a little bit more i actually did Mm -hmm. a side-by-side comparison of alaire and barnes their stats from the last two weeks alaire actually Mm -hmm. comes out ahead this is a two-week span in which neither of these guys have scored a goal so it's an interesting point of comparison and Allaire's goal involvement was uh, quite – he was he was more involved than Barnes. But uh, there is just a value still, I think, in saving that million or whatever it is that you can with Barnes. It, it's a coin toss. Yeah. It's a total coin toss with these guys. Yeah, and I, I really with, – with Lanzini out, I, I, I worry a little bit about who's getting the ball – to Allaire. I mean, Allaire is a uh, modern center forward. Like, like you said, he can, he, he's involved in goals. He can, he can, he can set other players up, but who's, who's setting up our poor Allaire. I mean, it feels like Felipe Anderson runs and runs and runs, but then I don't know. It feels like he's not really, they're not that I, I haven't seen like a big Felipe Anderson Allaire connection so far. Um, and yeah, I, I just, Yarmolenko is in some ways, I mean, I, I guess he just scored, so I would say this, but Yarmolenko in some ways feels like the West Ham player that I would want from that team. You know, he's only 5.9 million, uh, you know, two goals in his last three. He looks really dangerous. I mean, he feels like he's playing in a really advanced role in that, in that attack. Yeah. The frustrating thing is all of these strikers from Barnes and Allaire to going back to Aditya's question, looking at Tammy Abraham and Firmino and Vardy and Alba and even Pookie, every, any given week, one of these or two or three of these guys will perform and it's, it's anyone's guess who it will be. Pookie rises above just sheerly based on value. It looks like Mm -hmm. he's playing in the right system for him where we'll probably see consistent attacking output at the exact right price that we want to see. So it's kind of like two different conversations. Are we talking about who's the best striker for a particular space in your FPL team? Yeah, that's going to be Timu Puki. Who's the best striker season long? Who's going to be challenging for the golden boot? Um, who is who is not a Liverpool attacking mid or um, right or Sergio Aguero? Then that's just harder to parse. 
we do have to probably really start taking Roberto Firmino seriously as as a player for our teams. Don't you think? It feels like there we have we have been sort of pushing back on this a little bit, and I'm ready to stop pushing. I'm I'm ready to be convinced. <laughs> like I feel like I could be effectively yeah. sold right now on having Firmino in my team. I mean, you have Jamie Vardy. It feels like a a Vardy to Firmino move has to be kind of tempting. Yeah, absolutely, it does, and I agree. Firmino is. Um... He, he was kind of on the outs last season just because of the sheer output and affordability of Sadio Mane, and he kind of took Firmino off the table, and Firmino just didn't look as good last season as he does right now. His form is is irresistible, and 9.5, yeah, for that Liverpool attack, it's it's terrific. You, you think about what, what appeals with Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, it's a lot has to do with his output, versus his price it's kind of like the value um idea that i was talking about with pookie and de bruyne mm-hmm. sticks out in manchester city because he's 9.5 that's cheap by comparison similarly with firmino uh his his uh yeah 9.5 is 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 looking like really great value for him so i'm good with it that it just looks so good too if, if, we, if we can talk about the eye test even a little bit i mean this guy is just having an incredible season. I feel like he is, it feels like that whole Liverpool attack right now is just revolving around his brilliance, you know, and the way he's setting people up and his, his generosity, but his audacity, whatever reason this season, his audacity, the audacity of Firmino's hope, you know, (laughs) it just feels like he's got a lot of, I don't know. So he's, he's, he's added a few more goals this season and he still has all of that attacking flair. He's he's a player who he's already in nine bonus points on the season, which nine bonus points through six game weeks is incredible. I mean, he's averaging one point five bonus points a match, which uh, really starts to add up over time. You know, that's like a, getting a couple extra goals basically from a striker. So I think that I think I'm I'm really I'm sort of interested. I mean, and the the problem with the Vardy for me to move is that you sort of you just got through some of the trickier fixtures with Vardy, and now this this really nice run is coming up for. Leicester City and so you probably can't realistically move right now could you no yeah I I had the same thought Vardy really has to stay for me and I it's a I have other problems to solve and b you you have to exercise a little bit of patience and not just just move on a whim so the move is not to be made now but can I ask you while we're talking about Liverpool and where Firmino fits in and all that. What did you think of Salah's performance against Chelsea? Um, it was kind of anonymous. I thought I was a little surprised actually because he, you know, it was, Asplaqueta was really on the Mane beat, and so you would have thought that he would have had a little more room over there with that kind of makeshift Chelsea defense. Um, I, I would have expected a little bit more from him, but I don't know. Uh, I didn't. I, I don't have a strong opinion one way or the other. Did he, did he like take a shot in that match? It feels like he didn't actually have a shot on target in that yeah, game. I, I don't think he did. I think uh, Tamori actually did a good job of tackling him throughout long stretches of the yeah. game. And this has been yeah. my long standing issue with Sala is he gets, and this is his bonus point problems. He gets tackled right. so much and he has these so games where giveaways. he got dispossessed every time he touched the ball in this Chelsea match. I'm not trying to sow uh, seeds of doubt here, but um, now just really wonder about Salah's form sometimes. 
That's true, but the not to sound really cliche here, but you know, at the end of the day, he still got four <laughs> goals, three assists, yeah. and seven bonus points on the season. It's yeah. I think it was just an off match. They did play the Champions League in midweek as well. Sometimes you see yeah. a little dip in in energy as a result of that. So I I'm not really worried about him, and I. You know, still picked up an assist, so I'm, I'm not going to complain. Uh, you know, that five yeah. points is uh, still still felt good after a lot of other players didn't didn't perform this week. The European dip in energy is for real, especially when you're talking about the Europa League, because Wolves yeah, and Manchester yeah. United both um, really struggled. Arsenal struggled uh, mightily, even though they pulled out that win against Villa. So Thursday night football is is just continues to be a nightmare for teams. All right, Brandon, the next question is, are we sure that we know who the best defenders are? Mm. What do you think? Are you sure you know who the best defenders are? (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) Definitely, definitely not. I mean, yeah. sure, we were just talking about Virgil van Dijk uh, minutes ago, best defender, uh, uh, among the uh, worst FPL defensive assets on Liverpool, oddly. Um, Mm -hmm. It's a strange one. So you've got a question here from Tom Campbell, who he he wants to talk what I, about what I want to talk about. After three clean sheets, Tom says on the bounce, are either of you guys prepared to revise your pod lifelong held regarding of the West Ham defense? So uh, I'm sick to death of um, Lucas Dean after just two weeks. Um, I think uh-huh, I think sure. I think yeah. it was making making the case for Dean. Um, just two weeks ago, like, come on, six, 11, okay. five with one blank. Uh, no. This guy's incredible. No one remembers. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> this, uh, this Everton team is, um, it's, it's strange. It's, it's, a, it doesn't look good. Right yeah. Now. The attack, the attack in particular is obviously a, a, a major concern, a real, a real issue. And, yeah. um, I'm with you. I mean, the the Dean thing is is a real problem because he's he's six million. He's he's quite expensive, and you need to be getting. I mean, there's now three matches where he's had one, one, and zero as returns. And if you're, if you're yeah. spending six million on a on a defender, you're you're expecting a pretty consistent number of clean sheets, uh, you know, from them. Yeah. The first he he has two. They've come in the first two matches, and then the last four. The I think the real concern is: Are there players on Everton that he can actually assist? Like who is who is scoring on the balls that he's putting in? You know, if, he, if he's sending in a corner or you know curling in a long you know free kick or something like that, are there enough players in that team who can who can help him basically accrue FPL points? Yeah, you know, and if and if not, is it is it just do you just have to drop him? We were at the Black Horse on Saturday uh, watching three different matches at the same time. Distracted by the goal fest that was City Watford, I look up late in the proceedings to see that Cenk Tosin was playing up front for Everton at the end of that Sheffield United <laughs> game. And I thought, oh boy, yeah. it's come to this now. Yeah. It's uh, really yeah. strange times at Everton. And uh, so, so Dean Lucas Dean is... Definitely on the chopping block this week with one of my free transfers. So I was poking around looking for, I just want to save some money. I was poking around looking for 4.5 defenders and you've got some great options. Uh, However, a lot of these great options, say you're looking at Crystal Palace, they have a pretty uh, dicey run of fixtures starting in game week nine. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, who else was I looking at? Uh, Newcastle, the same. Uh, uh, Southampton have Spurs and Chelsea coming up in game week seven and eight. And then you get to West Ham. Yeah. So, Tom, I am with you. I am definitely coming around on West Ham. They have a great run of fixtures with Bournemouth, Palace, Everton, Sheffield United, Newcastle, Burnley in the next six. And uh, Diop is is definitely on the short list of defenders to come into my squad this week. Cresswell too. I mean, I unfortunately came in at five. He's actually down to 4.9 million, but very attacking player on free kicks. I, it feels a little flavor, the like flavor of the minute mm-hmm. to, to suggest him. Cause he, you know, just obviously scored and, uh, and picked up a clean sheet, but he's always a player that I've liked. Um, you know, two seasons ago, he had seven assists on the season. So, uh, if he's locked into that team and in decent form, he's definitely a, a, an option. I mean, yeah, and like you said, there's a bunch of 4.5 million players as well. It's it is a long held bias. They, you know, they kept seven clean sheets last season. It's not like you know they're they have not traditionally been a great defense. And um, I, I mean, I, it's hard. It's a weird thing to say because, of course, there's been multiple managers over that time. It's not like there's like a. Uh, it's not like there's some sort of attacking philosophy built into that club. I don't yeah, think it's not right. like uh, an Arsene Wenger right. Arsenal sort of thing. I think the last time they had any semblance of continuity was when, um, who was that wild man, Eastern European manager who uh, was like constantly losing his hair on the sidelines. Um, oh, Slavin, yeah, B- yeah. Slavin I, Bilic. I uh, Bilic, right. Yeah, right. there was uh, some semblance of continuity for a couple of seasons there, but it certainly wasn't def- uh, defensively minded. I think Pell- Pellegrini at least has uh, a little more experience. So I could see the defense possibly improving in the second season under Pellegrini. I would believe it. Um, but that's just kind of grasping at straws for me. It's less, can I find like the best defense to buy into? No, we're, we're talking about moving a great defensive Mm -hmm. asset like Lucas Dean to just save some money. I'm just going to take a gamble on 4.5. Right. And see what happens because as we've talked about week in week out, clean sheets, we're not going to be able to predict them. So don't try to. Don't try to act like you right. know what you're doing, Josh. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. When it comes to the defense, no, I feel a little more confident talking about <laughs> midfielders and, and forwards. But uh, the defense, it's yeah. And so if if that is true, if we if we all feel like the clean sheet is is dead or dying or something, then yeah, let's just let's just get a bunch of a, a bunch of cheapies like like Giop and you know you know Brighton actually are a, a, a interesting defense as well. It's kind of like West Ham, actually, in some ways, where I don't know that the defense, they've really improved their um, their personnel so much as they have an attack now. And I think sometimes the best defense is just ha- like not being on the back foot the entire match. You wonder last season if uh, the Chris Hewton brighton team would have lost that match in Newcastle on Saturday because they just wouldn't have been pushing so hard to score. I don't know how Brighton didn't score in that match. It felt like they were at home just in terms of how dominant they yeah. were in that game. And uh, even that Burnley match, they you know they lost a clean sheet in the ninety first minute. But you know we're a, ni- a kind of a, 
fluky 91st minute goal away from them having back-to-back clean sheets on the season. So I think that they're they're sort of tempting as well. I thought you know, Dunkey, uh, Dunkey, I thought uh, Lewis Dunk looked pretty good uh, in that match. He's only 4.6 million. I think he's kind of a you know, tempting, stable option with a little bit of goal threat. So uh, yeah, so wow, all of a sudden you and I are on the West Ham and Brighton <laughs> defense beat. That's that's a crazy yeah. place to be. Yeah, who would have thought? I think we do. We do also have to mention Tomori, who I talked about. We were talking about Liverpool, Chelsea, and. Tomori in the central yep. defense for Chelsea is becoming even more prominent because of this knee injury to Christensen. No, no, like firm right. word on how bad that is, but Tomori could be very locked into that central defense. 4.5, and you look at Chelsea's upcoming run with Brighton, Southampton, Newcastle, Burnley, Watford, Palace, also really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess you could you could trust that Chelsea defense as much, maybe just like an E-T-E-T-E a bit more than West Ham. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I guess West Ham have at least or, kept or three less. I don't sheets. Know. Chelsea haven't <laughs> kept any. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I mean, I'm sort of the same. I was I'm thinking about Tamori this week as well. It feels like a it's it feels like a leap of faith, though, doesn't it? Because you don't really know. You don't know if he's gonna their run is amazing. I mean, just if the next yeah. six fixtures, it's they don't play a a, a the top 10 team for the next six. Uh, and I'm not sure where Brighton or where Burnley is ranked. Are they in the top 10? Maybe they're just outside it. So, you know, it's a, a Brighton, Southampton, Newcastle, Burnley, Watford, Crystal Palace in the next six. Great run of fixtures. I would, you would, you would, I mean, if they're going to get clean sheets, it would be in the next six. Yeah. So I'm, I'm definitely considering him as well. Don't get sucked we'll in just because of that weird uh, fluky goal that he scored against Wolves, which will uh, likely never happen again. But Still, you're you're so I think you're just kind of hunting for clean sheets and a little bit of bonus with Tamori. So I think to sum everything up, Brandon, it's Dean out, dunk in, right? I think we can. It's uh, a classic dunk for Dean situation here. We've all we've, <laughs> all, we've been thing. there before. Name of this week's episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, a couple more questions here, Brandon. Two more to be specific. Uh, first one is: Are we sure that we know who to captain? FPL governor says having one set and forget captain choice versus various fixture based captaincy choices, which do you guys think is the better strategy in terms of overall season point returns? It's an interesting question. I mean, it's a classic question, but it's it, this, this, the last couple of game weeks have definitely uh, got me to reconsider it a little bit. Yeah. Um, just looking at this question now, my immediate response is I FPL is a game and I don't mean to say that FPL is a trivial enterprise don't think about it too much what I mean to say is it's meant to be played so the idea of setting and forgetting kind of rubs me the wrong way uh, in that should I not really actually like every week take it as new choice and when you're talking about a set and right. forget captain, what you're talking about is you're just looking at a player who continues to perform consistently. And in that, sure. it's not really a set and forget captain. It's just a smart captain choice that you're making each week anew, even though you're telling yourself that you've set right. and forget because you're just not moving it around. Well, you're still thinking about it. Um, That's true. We do. We do. You know, we do talk about the bus team a lot on here. I mean, you know, semantics aside, there are certainly times <laughs> when it feels like you there's a player that's pretty locked in as your captain virtually every game week. And there's certainly times when Mo Salah is like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, two years ago, there was an entire season where he 
he really was a set and forget captain. Yeah. Um, I mean, you didn't forget that you set him as your captain or whatever, <laughs> but like he, you know, he was pretty, pretty locked in and it does feel a lot more wide open this year for sure. I mean, yeah. I look at next game week, I look at game week seven and I have a couple of different players, you know, for me, it's between Sabalos and, and Cantwell, of course, you know, sort of the big, my, my big two, um, you know, which one do I triple captain actually is the big question for me. Um, no, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm looking at Sterling, Salah and De Bruyne. De Bruyne just had 17 points. It looked amazing. Uh, I should probably captain him. Mm-hmm. Wait, Mo Salah is playing a promoted team. He should destroy that team. Raheem Sterling just got a rest. You know, he's going to be coming out there and looking to uh, get some goals for the Golden Boot. You have Aguero. Those are Aubameyang has a good. Fit. <laughs> There's five different teams that you can consider. I guess Aubameyang is okay to play with Man United, but he's he's been you know scoring. He's he's about as like close to a sure thing as you get right now in fantasy. Yeah. So there are I think a lot of a lot of you know. So I, I guess we're sort of we're coming down in the no set and forget right that you sort of have to debate yeah. it. I guess the question is whether you feel at all confident and like you're game week seven captain for that matter. So this is the painful thing is, so it's, we've played six game weeks and I haven't maximized my captain in any of them. So you think, well, Mm -hmm. had I just set the armband on one player over the course of six game weeks, it will maximize at one point. If I let, if I had it on uh, Aguero all six game weeks, not that I had him all six game weeks, but for the purposes of this, I would have maximized at one point. So there is this fear of the moment I'm, I take a chance and go with my gut, then the the guy who I should have set and forget with is going to haul. Well, like if you look back over the years of you playing FPL, I'm sure for each time you took a wild swing on a captain and the your your usual guy who you should have gone with hauled and the guy you took a risk with failed, there is another mm-hmm. time where you took a risk and it landed. So it right. um it it can be just like an emotional uh, I, <laughs> yeah, you know, you you know what I'm talking about. Um, I do. Yeah, it's it's obviously like we don't go out there and play, you know. And you can you can think about this stuff. We've talked about this a lot in the podcast, but it's it's worth it's worth bringing up on almost every podcast because you have to remember that you just don't you're not on the pitch. You're not you're not playing yourself. It's not even a video game. There's no there's no control, and we just don't know. There there are games when when Aguero can score four and scores zero, you know, or scores one. And, and we saw this on Saturday. There, there are matches where a player just isn't getting involved for whatever reason. They, they, some, some defender has the match of their life against them, you know, and, uh, and just, and just shuts them down. So you, we can, we can worry about the captaincy. We can worry over it, which I do all the time still, despite the, despite what I'm saying right now, I do worry it. I, I worry it, you know, but uh, obviously, we just we just don't always know, and maybe it's just important to remember that like you could you could have all the logic in the world and still get it wrong, yeah. and that isn't like a reflection on your ability as a fantasy player. Yeah. I think what's worked best for me this season is to play the fix to captain, not the player, but the fixture, and mm-hmm. say we're looking at Manchester City Watford going into game week six. You captain that fixture. Now, do you go with De Bruyne, Sterling, Aguero, et cetera? Then, then right. you're just in risk-taking territory, but you've targeted your fixture. So, yeah, you're looking at Liverpool, Sheffield United um, in game week seven as a fixture that you want to target. Which Liverpool asset are you going to go with? 
And that that can help like sort of take some of the pressure off of I've got to get the exact player right. With that said, who is your current bus team captain going into game week seven? Right now, oh, hold on, I'm on my points page to get off there, go to my team, my bus team. And it's on Sergio Aguero right now as the captain. Yep. Set and forget. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, uh, so after all that, I've gone with a set and forget <laughs> captain. Um, I Yeah, I wonder. I'm, I'm really uh, curious to see what happens with the Sheffield United-Liverpool matchup. Like yeah. if Liverpool really gives them a battering, which they have every capability of doing. I have it on Sterling right now. I have Salah as my vice. I may flip those before Saturday comes around. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really close one. Uh, it's probably be between those two. De Bruyne, I think, is a, another excellent option. But uh, I don't know. Sterling with 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 extra rest, he's going to come out there. I, I feel like he's really going to he's going to want to be in the goals, and uh, it makes him very tempting. But yeah, that's that's yeah. like certainly that's, that's, just, that's just the fun of fantasy it's like i just i yeah. feel it you know i feel like i feel like it could happen this saturday is perfectly set for that kind of drama where liverpool is the first kickoff and city is the last kickoff of right. the day so yeah either yep. you'll be yep. uh sitting pretty going into that city fixture or you will be praying for goals going into that late kickoff <laughs> For sure. All right. Final question is, uh, are we sure that we know literally anything about this season? Harry Haslam says, this season reminds me of the NHL where even top teams are fallible and lose frequently. Given this, which teams and players need reevaluating? We're getting a little long in this podcast here, Brandon. So just give me one player that you have have not really rated very highly so far. And now you're really seriously thinking about them going into game week seven or just or just in general. You want to. You want to keep an eye on them. Yeah, it's it's a tough question. I don't know if this is um, if this is a cop out, but Aubameyang is one for me because he, particularly his uh, heroics against Aston Villa with that free kick, which was you don't see a free kick like that very often. The way the way he um, found his spot and he took it, he mm-hmm. he is exactly what the Arsenal team needs. He has that type of um he has that type of determination and i don't know if we've seen Aubameyang at arsenal even at this level yet and i just wonder if he mm-hmm. hasn't even found his ceiling yet with arsenal and as consistent as obs has been uh, early in the season if he keeps it going we will have to bring Aubameyang into our squads you know, probably heading into the holidays or or it's, or it's a double game week situation. But there is a reckoning coming with yeah. Aubameyang. And I, I'm just really interested in what I'm seeing from him right now. And I think I'm qualifying that by I'm interested in what I'm seeing from him despite what I'm seeing from the rest of that car crash of an Arsenal team. <laughs> Uh, I like that pick. I, I agree with it. I mean, he's six goals in six matches. You, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, he's he's very tempting. I, I don't know how I'd be able to bring him in, but I would. I wish I could. Uh, the player for me that I'll pick is uh, David Silva, who I really. If I was wild carding again, I think I would be really tempted to have to have Silva as my as my kind of my third. I, as mentioned before, how I feel like I would run. I want to have one of Sterling and Aguero. I, I think if I had three, that I would then do that, and then my third Man City player would be David Silva, who 
7.5 million, has double-digit returns in three of his last four matches. Seems like he's kind of on the Aguero thing right now where he's not playing in the Champions League and he's really focused on the Premier League. That's what his final Premier League season. Sounds like he's going to leave for MLS next year. Miami, baby. So, I, Yeah, so I feel like if, if it was anyone but Man City, if there was a 7.5 million player who had double-digit returns in three of his last four, we'd all be talking about him. But as it is, he's 9.2% owned. And really flying on the radar, I think, as, as a great fantasy asset. Not hugely explosive, but um, I think at that price, you can even deal with him getting rested and rotated a few times. Yeah. And now we're sure. Now we're sure about everything. That was a, <laughs> that was a sure. great section. Now we know more, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Brandon, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get back. We have a short lightning round this okay. game week. Josh, let's take a moment to talk about Harry's Razors. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's and claim your special offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. Why try Harry's? Let me tell you why, Josh. Harry's founders, just two regular guys, tired of getting ripped off and paying for overpriced razors. They make quality, durable blades at a fair price, just $2 per blade. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. This fall, refresh your wallet and your face with Harry's trial set. That trial set comes with these things. A weighted ergonomic handle, easy to grip. A five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade for that close shave. Also, a rich shaving gel that lathers that will keep you smelling great. Uh, just rub it all over your body. Mm-hmm. Dude. Just get that fresh smell everywhere. <laughs> uh, also, a, yeah. uh, a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy on the go. So you just want to throw it into your bag or your suitcase on a work trip. There you go. Harry's has got you covered. Listeners of Always Cheating can redeem their free trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. Remember, go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your free offer and let them know that the cheaters sent you. All right. Brandon, I also want to talk about my bookie. Brandon, I am excited because the Lions are 2-0-1. My Detroit Lions is probably like the best that they've ever gotten off to. It's not, they're not even three now. It's just two wins and a draw. And that that alone is probably the best they've ever done to start off a season. <laughs> is, this like a, is this like a football league table? That's incredible. It is, yeah. It, uh, ties are very rare, but uh, they, they they started the season off with a tie, which is very, it was very unusual. Uh, as a Lions fan, like just starting the season off with a tie, by the way, was like the best feeling I've ever had. Like, you know, we never, we never <laughs> feel good as a Lions fan. You endure the season. Anyway, Brandon, it's a great time to bet on the Detroit Lions. I would not say that very often, but now is the time. And let's face it, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why we, the cheaters, go to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and they pay when you win. If you're betting the NFL this season, do the smart thing and bet with my bookie. If you like to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. While your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. If bets are not going your way, my bookie allows betting after kickoff. Join now, and my bookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code BlueWire to activate the offer. That's promo code BlueWire, no space, BlueWire at mybookie.ag. All right, Brandon, as promised, we have a short lightning round this game week. Very short. Let's, let's treat it like a true lightning round. And that's a running joke that lightning rounds are never actually lightning round. But let's do true lightning round here. 30 seconds or less answer to every question. First mm-hmm. one comes from Andrew S. He says, are Norwich a team you think about differently for home and away matches? Here's some stats for you, Brandon. I had to, I had to okay. swallow there. I had to like, I ran, I, it's a run-on <laughs> sentence. I couldn't uh, – I had to stop taking a breath. Uh, all right, here's some here's some numbers for you, Brandon. Cantwell at home. That's Todd Cantwell, Brandon. 
10, sure. 7, and 6 are his home returns. Cantwell away, 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Pookie at home, 17-11-12. Pookie away, 7-2-2. Wow. Two, two. Norwich in general have scored one goal on the road and eight goals at home. I did not know it was quite that stark. It, it, it is pretty stark. Uh, and I think Andrew has just gone ahead and answered his own question here, right? Uh, clearly, Norwich are um, great at home. They're flying at home, much like a canary yeah. might fly. On the road, it's <laughs> a different story. I mean, I think it, you still want to peg Norwich as an attacking team, and they will be able to score goals here and there on the road. But certainly, if, yeah. I think more more so with Cantwell, if you're look if you are looking to rotate, you need to bench somebody. Maybe it's like a a week like this, Lundstrom yep. uh, versus Cantwell. If Cantwell's on yep. the road, maybe he's the pick that that gets benched. I think that's fair play. Yeah, the Lundstrom thing is is getting uh, is getting more intriguing. Certainly, I mean, I, I you know you wouldn't really want to start Lundstrom home to Liverpool in game week seven, but I'm definitely thinking of him more often now as a player who's just going to has made his way into my starting team. It, you know, if the clean sheet is dead and he's playing as a midfielder, then great. Maybe I'll get some goals and assists out of him. You know, it's more yeah. than I'm getting from any of my other defenders right now. Uh, all right. Next question comes from uh, Boston Prof. He says, how much do you manage team value? I find myself making early transfers to make sure I get in before price rises or avoid drops, but it means I use my transfers too quickly. At some point, does having played the market matter or should we not get too hung up on this? This is actually something you went into in a kitchen table pot a couple weeks ago, and I thought you really um, hit the nail on the head. So what, what's a short version of this? Like, how much do you value team value? How much do you manage team value? Well, you know, if God, I wish I could remember what I said that was so smart and articulate, Josh. Let's see if I could replicate that. T value mm-hmm. is it's it's at once important and not important. Like if if team value is going to force you into making a transfer that you maybe have a shred of doubt for about, or there is a midweek match uh, that could throw that transfer into risk, then it may be too risky and the value is not worth it. But also value late in the season when you're looking at playing your late season wild card, you know, team value can be the difference between uh, getting in an extra 6.5 midfielder versus a 5.0 midfielder for the home stretch. And that can count. So you sort of you sort of be mindful of it, be aware from it, but don't let it dictate what you do. Yeah, I, I have nothing much to add there. I. I'll just say that, yeah, team value is not really a factor that I take into account when I'm thinking about my transfers. Um, I, I think about maybe a little more on a wild card. Um, it makes you more likely to bring in someone like Lundstrom if you're doing an early wild card because you're like, well, he's just going to keep rising and let me just bring him in right now, you know, sort of regardless of fixtures, um, just, you know, just to have him there on my bench. So, uh, all right, next question from Jeff Waugh of Shma. He says, does the official FPL lack of two-factor authentication and the inability to deal with compromised accounts? We had a real uh, kerfuffle this weekend. I feel bad for the managers who were affected by that. Um, does this all mean that we're one hack away from humility? What do you think <laughs> about the controversy, Brandon? Or we're one hack away from being freed and we can go get a new hobby. Um, <laughs> I thought it was... Uh, you know, you never like to see people get hacked and and lose uh, accounts that they've been a part of that they've had for years and years and years. That's awful. I mean, we we talk about this mostly in respect to 
why does it take so long for the official FPL site to update the points? Like, what the heck is taking so long? We're still waiting right. for the head-to-head tables to update, you know, six, seven Eight hours, hours after. Yeah. 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 And here in the U.S., not that, you know, everything is better over here because it surely isn't, but you know, some things are better. And the things that are better include fantasy games. And, you know, right. when we play at NCAA March Madness uh, online pool, points upstate, uh, update instantaneously. These sites are just yeah. seemingly bulletproof. And I think the official FPL site has a long way to go to make it more user-friendly, to make it quicker, to just make it better. And if people are getting hacked, then that's a huge problem. Fix it. Uh, all right, Brandon, one more question here. I guess it's that we're in a real team value mode right now. Robert Hunt says, when is a minus eight justified? Uh, I think of hits as a for more than one game week move, i.e. they repay over time, not necessarily instantly. Mm-hmm. Correct. So what do you think? When is a minus eight justified? A minus eight is justified when you're in pain. Like, Robert, are you in pain right now? <laughs> Did you have a really bad game week? Sometimes a minus eight mm-hmm. is like, it's like going shopping. You know, like I just need uh-huh. to go buy yeah. a new pair of sneakers and I'm just going to feel like a right. million bucks. That's what a minus eight is yeah. to me is, uh, you know, I just need, I need to change things. I need something different. It's not going to, it's right. probably not going to help you. Um, it's probably not the best way to go about it, but it can feel good. And that's justifiable enough in my book. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, I like the way you've, you've hinged it on the word justified. So yes, I I agree with that. If it makes you, it makes you happy, then, then it can't be that bad (laughs) as Cheryl Crow once said. So, uh, all right, Brad, that's, that's your lightning route. Uh, game week seven comes up on Saturday. We've already, I feel like we've already kind of previewed a little bit we talked about the Sheffield United Liverpool Everton Man City those mm-hmm. are both really interesting matches I think I mean Everton have 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 often played and I guess I'm still maybe thinking and like when David Moyes was still there but I think of Everton Man City as being a tricky fixture for Everton at times um and uh Sheffield United Liverpool I think is another one where we sort of you know you'd expect Man City and Liverpool to both both win their matches but mm-hmm. um if Liverpool won like one nil or two nil that wouldn't shock me right maybe even the same with Man City yeah, same. I'm with you on that one. And I mean, there are, th- this weekend is littered with other really key FPL matches. Like Allaire, we we slag off the Bournemouth defense a lot. Allaire will really have a, a last time, I think, for a lot of managers to prove himself on the road to that Bournemouth defense. What is mm-hmm. Leicester going to do at home to Newcastle? Like I'm with Vardy. Is Madison going to be healthy? I think that's a really key FPL match on Sunday. It's the only Sunday match. Um, yeah, I can't imagine Manchester United Arsenal is going to be a critical FPL match, but interesting all the same for Aubameyang owners. I mean, will you still have Juan mm-hmm. Bissaka heading into Monday? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't think I'd start him if I had him. So I think it's tricky. It sort of depends on what I do with Zinchenko, who is, uh, you know, didn't play a minute. Ben Mendy's back. You know, I always knew I wouldn't have Zinchenko for that long. But uh, if Zinchenko doesn't play at midweek, then I'll probably keep him for one more week, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love it though. I, I mean, Zinchenko, AWB, Dean; those are three players, none of whom I really kind of know what to do with. Right. Um, and so I'm, I'm a little on the, a little on the fence there. I, I would consider focusing my moves around my defense this week as well. 
Um, the problem is I have this Thabios, Sabal, whatever, you, however you say his name. I don't care. He's got to go. I, I just mm-hmm. I can't keep him my team. He's, you know, my worst transfer of the season was him. And, uh, he needs to, he needs to get out at some point. And, uh, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but one, you know, one thing I could, so I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking about some different options here. Um, I mean, I could, I could sort of do like a mini, I've got two transfers as well. So I could do a mini wild card. I could make three transfers, I could also the, the the issue too is we have this Chelsea match. Chelsea play Brighton on Saturday, and I really I would like to bring Mason Mount into my team. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, is there a way for me to do it all? Like, can I <laughs> can I bring in can I bring in Trent Alexander Arnold? Can I bring in a, ch- a super cheap defender? And can I bring in Mason Mount? Like, can all three of those things happen for for you know for minus four? I don't know. Maybe, you know, and so I just need to, but I also want to wait until these league cup matches are done because it seems like there's always something, something happens, you know, or somebody pulls up with an injury. I mean, it, you know, Lanzini was one of these players. This is actually why I would never have Lanzini, right? Cause Lanzini is the classic guy who has like a small issue on Friday, you know, that just yeah. throws off your whole, your whole, your whole team. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I, so I, the, I guess that was a long way of saying, I, I don't know if I'll have AWB. It actually feels in some ways like he's the, He's he might stay longer than Zinchenko and Dean stay in my team, mm-hmm. just by sort of process of elimination. Sure. Guess who the first person is out of my squad going into game week seven? Uh, is it Alex Awobi? Yeah, good guess. Yeah, he's gone. Yeah, Bye. yeah. See you for for who for whom? I don't know. Probably Mason Mount. <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's kind of logical you know yeah he's, so the, it's, really, it's the perfect really involved, it's the so. perfect swap because it was the i got too cute yeah. so it's time to move the cute asset of a wobi onto a useful and normal asset like mason mount it's not all it's, it's not fun and different but that's that's that nope nope that makes that makes complete sense i uh i i i i, I approve that move <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do. It feels like, a, it feels like the game week where a minus four might be, ju- yeah, it helps that it helps having the green arrow helps me actually with the minus four a little bit, because I think when you're on the red arrow and then you take a minus four, you're kind of like, man, am I just like, am I just burying myself right now? You know, like, am I just mm-hmm. going to, am I just putting myself in this massive hole that I'm not going to be able to get out of? Um, whereas in the green, you're like, well, I feel like I've, I've made up, like I did better than I thought I was going to. So I can kind of. I'd give myself some wiggle room here to like take another risk. Like, I don't know if you think that way at all, but I, I guess that's sort of how I'm, how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. All right. Well, I wish you good luck, Josh. And, uh, I wish myself yeah, good luck you. as well. Should we sign off? <laughs> yeah. Good luck to you. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, cool. All right. Remember, visit our Patreon page. If you want to support the always cheating pod, we're at patreon.com slash always cheating where you can uh find ways to access an exclusive ad-free podcast every week access our private slack channel with lots of great rate my team talk and access directly to me and josh and t-shirts and all sorts of other stuff again that's patreon.com slash always cheating now is the time in which we thank our great producers josh run through those names all right. Uh, producer, thank yous. Uh, Peter Baraktal, Barry McGuire, Paul Herzig, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stan Niehaus, Kaya, Christine Lelang, Brian Chin, uh, Travis West, Frederick Key and Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Jacobson, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Christian Carter, or Chris Carter. We should probably just call him Chris Carter, right? Uh, Babas yeah. Kuhn, because that's, that's what he goes by. Yeah. Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson, 
Good to see you on Friday, Trevor. Brian T., Jim Payne, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro. Thank you to all of our producers. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Always Cheating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Acast, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at HellCheaters, Instagram at HellCheaters, Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Send us your emails, HailCheaters at gmail.com. For all this, plus uh, the way to join our Super League and our shop with T-shirts and coffee mugs, just go to our website, alwayscheating.com. I wanted to say a special thank you to Claire, who we met at the Black Horse, as well as Sam, who came all the way from Norway bearing chocolate and great Norwegian kits from the team that he actually helps to manage, which was amazing. It was awesome to meet Sam. It was that kit is super nice. I am not a huge kit wearer, but as soon as I saw this, I thought I'm actually going to wear this kit. I'm really excited about it. Uh, and I mean that I'll take, I'll, you know what? We'll wear the kits, Brandon, together, look like dorks, and we'll take a photo of it. And we'll share it on, <laughs> the, uh, on the Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Brandon, before we go, can you thank our new patrons? Yeah, new patrons, all at the Lord Sorloth tier. Thank you to Sean Gunner, Tobias, Letinen, Sakdidat, Kwan Chatanya. My friend, sorry for the pronunciation. Tom McLean, Neil Grant, Claire Hennigan, a great again, great to meet you, Claire. Simon Coombs and Nicholas Nevelanen. Wonderful names today. Thank you for your support and thanks to everyone this week for listening to Always Cheating. And a good luck in game week seven. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Poku forever. <laughs>